You feel seen. <laughs> like you feel like emo scene or like you no, feel like I, I feel like you, you were calling me calling me out there what? looking no. directly at me with that comment. <laughs> Is scene even still a thing? Like, you know, not scene, but like scene, like the old the other version of emo. young enough to know the answer to that anymore yeah i'm not young enough to know the answer to that anymore is a great lead into episode 169 of we were gamers will people know why we weren't young enough to know the answer <laughs> who can say what's in the edit only yes. time will tell <laughs> i'm not too young uh enough how do i st- let me try this again do you know what a separated shoulder is Ow, yes. (laughs) It sounds bad. I didn't actually know what it was. Uh, I thought it was, like, somewhat dislocated, but not all the way dislocated. It's actually, they should call it a dislocated collarbone. I'm not young enough not to get those when I fall down on my shoulder. Uh Uh-oh. You dislocated your collarbone? So there's, like, a ligament that holds your collarbone to your scapula, which holds your... Oh, okay, Your yeah. shoulder joint together. Shoulder right. bones connected to them. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's actually three of them that hold it together, and one of those just snapped in my shoulder. That sounds exceedingly no. painful. You know, it's not as bad as you'd think. There's also a, I have what they call a slap tear, which is like a, a tear in the labrum of your shoulder. Okay. Yeah. That one's more painful than the other thing. Don't fall on your shoulder as an old person. Welcome to We Were Gamers, a podcast about getting old. You know, other than carpal tunnel, games won't hurt you back. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Welcome back, JJ. Hello. And Michael, how you doing? Pretty good. I had a long weekend away vacating slash camping. What did you guys get up to? Hmm. Uh, had some dinner with the family. Uh, it was nice. Had a little birthday celebration for both my wife's father and my mother, who happened to have birthdays very close together. Nice. We had a big family dinner. It's great. Uh, let's see. As for us, what did we get up to? Um, there is a pop up in downtown Disney, which Disney has. Um, they've converted the ESPN zone since it shut down. And turned it into a big uh, Disney-themed pop-up. So we went to that, which was fun. And what else did we do? Uh, My Wind Ensemble had a concert, which was good. Nice. Yeah. We don't hear nearly enough about your Wind Ensemble on this podcast. (laughs) I really... I feel like we should hear more. I just... Just putting it out there. You know, not for now, but just in general. Like... It's just uh, okay. Forget it. I'll bring what? it up. No, I'll bring it up in, again in a, in a couple of months when our Christmas concert's coming up. Ah, uh, yeah. There we go. Plug your stuff. That's yeah. what's important. Yeah. Get them tunes. Holiday tunes. Yeah. All right. Um, we were gamers. A podcast about trying to play games, even though we don't have time. What games do we have time for this week, guys? Uh, I played some stuff here and there uh, when I had a chance, and. Y'all want to hear about the continuing adventures of Kratos, Bad Father, and his son? Bad Dad Simulator? Yeah. Have we improved as a dad? Did he Kratos listen to our advice from two weeks ago? I don't remember what the advice was, but I remember that we came away saying, like, come on, don't just be a jerk all the time. And Basically call your son by his actual name. He has a name, was, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely uh, used his name in a couple climactic moments, you know, as like a, oh, he's clearly worried now because he's, you know, um, it was good. It got to some really great places by the end. I think that their spin on Norse mythology is very interesting because they're, de- you know, while they have guys like Thor in the game and you hear talk about Odin, you don't really see much of them. 
other than like, oh, the legends of what they did and all this sort of stuff. So it's interesting to see, you know, when gods do show up, right? Kratos being a god himself. Uh, it, it is very interesting the way they have spun the various legends that maybe you know from casual knowledge of Norse mythology to see what they have done with them here. I really love alternate history stuff um, or alternate theology stuff in, in this case, right? But, you know, Stargate had that idea of like, all right, what if Egyptian and later on North Norse mythology are actually based on like this other concept, right, with the Stargates and all that or um, alternate histories of the U.S. in TV shows and things. I'm into that. I very much enjoyed rowing in the boat to go to places rather than fast traveling so I could hear the talking head tell me about, like, tales of the the legends of the dogs that chase the sun and the moon and, you know, precede Ragnarok or this giant who had a fire sword and wind killed a bunch of people and then got tricked by Thor or a bunch of stuff like this. Is there enough of that to keep you entertained or does it start to repeat as the game goes on? It doesn't repeat, uh, or at least I never got much of it to repeat. It definitely just at some point, like it becomes clear that he has nothing more to say. And so as you're rowing, it's just quiet. <laughs> um, and then you use the fast travel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's been very fun. Uh, I did get to the, the end of that game. Um, I didn't beat all of the like super hard combat challenge stuff. Uh, I did a bunch of it, but not all of it. Uh, it was really fun and entertaining until it got to be like past entertaining and fun to like, this is just really hard. I feel like they're just spamming attacks that I have very little chance of blocking and avoiding here. And like, I really would need to like dark souls train up on this boss to get oh, good yeah. here. And I didn't feel like I had that in me at the time, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the combat definitely has that quality. Like, once you get way into the upgrade trees and once you really have dug into all the systems and stuff, you really can get a lot of, like, Dark Souls-type vibes. It's just that the game doesn't require it in 98% of fights or whatever. I think I'm into uh, the idea of of having those options but not needing them like yeah if you pay attention to them you'll be better at the game totally and there are places that do make you use those abilities it's just that they're super optional and you could just ignore them completely if you want uh it felt like i got through the main story stuff pretty handily just by like spamming the attack buttons and using my sweet attacks on cooldown more or less um at some point you get a lot of cooldowns that you can just kind of like rotate through pretty fast and then by the time you switch back to the first one you're it's all cooled down again and you start back over <laughs> yeah um the boy also gets like pretty darn strong if you upgrade him all the way with his arrows and his summons and stuff so it's really cool um i really really like it the end definitely leaves like a big oh twist uh that they could you know spin out into another game or whatever so, interested to see where all that goes. Um, I really hope they do something else with it because they leave it in a really cool place. So, Wonderful. Michael? Nice. Yeah. Um, so, I picked up a game from the Steam sale. I don't know if it was this last one or the previous one, um, but it's called Blossom Tales of the Sleeping King. And it is a uh, kind of homage to Link to the Past. It's made by uh, Castle Pixel, who their only other game that I know of, uh, I also own. It's called Rex Rocket, um, and it is also an homage um, to uh, Super Metroid. Um, that one's more of a platform, you know, 2D platform shooter. But their style is um, sort of that 16-bit pixel style that is very reminiscent of playing through games on a on a super nintendo huh. um, and okay. this one was this one was good um it you know it, it follows the same the same pattern of go to the three dungeons and make your way through the puzzles and the enemies and beat the three bosses to uh to save the king and rescue the kingdom kind of thing um very short game but very well put together so i you know i did the whole thing start to finish i think in about 10 hours of playtime. There's something to be said for like a good, nice, short 
well put together package. Yeah, like I needed something just to to f- kill a little bit of time, um, and so decided to fire it up, and it was good. It's entertaining. There's you know there's a lot of humor in it. Um, the story is told sort of um, Princess Bride style. It's a, a grandfather relating the story to his two grandchildren. I thought for um, a minute you were going to say that the story was the Princess Bride, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I would love to play a ten-hour game. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, so every time you boot the game back up, the, the it's it shows the grandfather sitting in his chair, being like, "Where was I?" Oh, and cool. He recaps the last thing that that you were about to do. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, it's just it was a really nice little touch. That's cool. Does uh. It- <laughs> Maybe JJ can tell me if I'm crazy, but it does seem to me a little bit, Michael, that you like to play homage games. I do. I very much do. I appreciate a well-put-together throwback. But direct throwbacks to games that you also like to play. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Is that turns out that a lot of the games he likes also created genres of their own <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> True. True. That's cool. I like I like that. Oh man. Does it um Does it I mean so the 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 style of it I'm trying to like phrase it doesn't leave you kind of thinking with it being short they they line up the artwork and everything else enough for it to feel like a complete package though is what I'm get I guess I'm getting at. Yeah, they do. They do okay. a good job of that. Sometimes those kind of short things can, I don't know, get away from people in terms of like, okay, well, we had too much other stuff, so it doesn't feel complete, you know? Mm-hmm. Really. No, this was good. It it struck the right balance of having, you know, the the linear story to play through and then other stuff to do in you know, classic sort of Zelda style. Oh, you uh, like there's a there's a letter delivery side quest. Oh uh, yeah. Got to do your letter delivery, run past the postman, you know? Yeah. Who doesn't love a fetch quest? <laughs> exactly. Right on. Um, I have a question for you two because I have not received the email. Okay. But speaking of well put together things, is the GOG new launcher well put together or does it work? Does Does the promise of the system work? Someone that has used it also should probably describe what they're trying to do. Go for it, Michael. Uh, so this, I, I love that this started out as at, at least my first conception of what they're trying to do started out as an April fool's joke article. And I don't know if they were already planning on it or if someone said, Hey, I think we could do that. But they basically put together a launcher for your game launchers. It literally is like, hey, launch this, and then it will launch all your other launchers. And I think then they were like, oh, what if we just did the other thing, though? (laughs) Brought to you by GOG and Exhibit. Yeah. So it is really interesting. You open it up, and it just has a list, uh, depending on... uh, There's a lot of filters on the side. You can filter by the individual launchers that you have connected to. Yep. Uh, Or you can you know, filter various ways. Which turns out to be important because I end up having a lot of duplicates I've discovered. Oh, yeah. So it it's a it doesn't list your launchers. I didn't understand this. I thought it was like a file system, so you had to like click into Steam to see what you have, but it just grabs all your games from everything. So it does show you in the nav bar on the left all of your launchers. So mine, you know, going down, it has GOG, it has Epic, it has UPlay, it has Steam. Um, and you can click on any one of those and see just the games that are installed uh, or that you own, I guess, under that service. Well, you could do both. You can filter either way, like sure, just yeah. installed or own, you know, in total. Yep. Um, and then you can see an overall view of anything that of everything you own. And then you can see a sub view of only those things that you have installed. And so that's where you'll see duplicates. And right. So when I click on, you know, all games or I forget, what is it all games? Is that what yeah, the title it's, is? It's all yeah. games. And I look at everything I have. It's like, 
in some cases you're just like, you know, scrolling through all the names and it's like two copies of the same thing in a row and then you keep going and then two more copies of the same thing. What do you do in that case? I mean, do you just choose which one you want to launch or like you can hide them. You can individually hide the little so it it shows you little um almost like ebook style images of the um like cover art essentially for each one of the games. Yeah, it would uh, be like what can, box art would be if these yeah. games had boxes. Yeah, basically. Um but you can individually click on them and there's an option that says hide game. Huh. And that that hide option does a pretty good job of just straight up disappearing that game from anything you can see forever so, <laughs> uh you can get it back but it is kind of annoying to find so yeah so make sure you want to hide it right well wow. um, but I, I haven't bothered to since i have quite a few duplicates it turns out i think at some points there were various times when you could copy over steam keys you had into gog for free definitely and of that yeah, finally, yeah or things i've gotten have. for free from other stores yeah since having bought them at it you know Right. I think the only one right now that I have that isn't integrated on this is that Twitch client thing. Like the games that you get for free from being on Twitch Prime. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize you could. Has, well, no, you can't as far as I can tell. Oh, you can't log in. I see what you're saying. Yeah, as far as I can tell, or at least I didn't see an option for syncing my Twitch account into this thing to get all at those games. But it had all the main PC stuff that was so like, it, but epic. not just the PC stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, wait, it has it has oh, wait, epic. There's more. It has Epic Steam, uh, UPlay, uh, shoot, Origin, yeah. Origin. Yep, uh, GOG itself, of course. Battle.net. I don't believe Battle.net is an option. No, I don't believe Battle.net is an option. We said Origin, right? Yeah, yeah. the EA one. Yeah. So all of them minus Blizzard and then minus the Twitch one. Um, but it also includes Xbox Live, PC and console, and PlayStation Network. Well, how does that work? For, you can't launch a PlayStation game from your computer. And you also can't launch like Xbox One or 360 games. But it definitely will show you here are the games that you own. Here's the trophies and the, the achievements you've gotten in those games. Here's the box art, all that stuff. Playtimes, uh, if they're available, that kind of stuff. Right. And if I recall correctly, their their intention was eventually to make um, GOG Galaxy available on Xbox and PlayStation. What would that I think, do? I don't understand what that would be allowing you to do. It would be allowing you to see that same information on the PlayStation or on the Xbox. So you so could see what your PC friends were playing, right? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and chat with them through the GOG client, even if they're on a PC and you're on Xbox Live. Got in it. Because the- in theory, if you are friends on this new GOG system and it's supported everywhere, then you could chat, like you said, through this, even if they're on their Xbox and you're on your PC, or they're on their PlayStation and you're on your Xbox. Huh. Now that's a... That's a dream at this point, right? Because <laughs> you have to get Sony uh, and Microsoft, although it seems Sony is the more reticent one these days, uh, to agree to do that. Um, Microsoft seems to be all about like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude, use our platform. Right. Uh, Sony has been less forthcoming with that stuff. So, Does it work well? I have launched games from it. It worked for doing that. There isn't a lot to do on there. I mean, like, what do you do on this? So the one thing it is, is not a good storefront. It's an okay storefront for GOG, and that is the same storefront that they have for everything else. Um, But it is not a storefront at all for any of the other stores, as far as I can tell. And yeah, that that makes sense. They want to sell their games. Sure. Um, But it means that it kind of hampers you if you want to use it as an all in one thing. Be like, oh, I want to go see like what's on sale on Steam today. Well, I have to open Steam, you know, Steam directly as opposed to this thing. Um, so you know, if what you want to do is show me every game I own and let me choose one to play, this could certainly do it. Cool. What? 
what version is that? Just so people know if they're interested in doing that and how do they get into it? Or can you get into it or did you have to get an email? Uh, I believe it was an invite-only beta. Uh, right. And so I'm not clear if the beta is opening up for more people or when or if. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's listed, the versioning is listed as 2.0.4.10 closed beta. Right. So it is GOG Galaxy 2.0, um, the closed beta here. Ah. The rest of us uh, seem to be on 1.2 point something. Yes. All right. Yeah. But it seems pretty good. I'm excited to see what happens when this thing rolls out a bit wider. And they have talked about some of these features as like, coming soon in their roadmap and not that far away in theory. Right. So I do I do really like the uh the box art icons. Yeah, they're pretty. On, on one page rather than, you know, just a a list on the side. Yeah. It's it there be- are ways to view Steam that way that it shows box arts, but I don't mm-hmm. like how it how they do it and a lot of the box arts aren't filled in in a lot of cases. For it some of like us they, with larger libraries, it just box arts is tedious because it just takes forever. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. And you you can change the settings so it is just a list. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a good amount of configurability in there. Um, yep. Such I an amazing like amount of positivity for a storefront on a computer. It was interesting you mentioned Microsoft and how they're willing to work with everybody. They're trying to get their games out there pretty much any way possible. They're expanding that Game Pass thing to be on PC now. Ori and the Blind Forest is going to go to Switch. GOG is trying to interact with everybody. As far as I know, the only things that are exclusive to their store are things they've made like Thronebreaker and Gwent. Not even Witcher. And Thronebreaker is not exclusive anymore. I think that's on Steam. Oh, that's on Steam. See, I'm wrong. I'm already wrong. It feels like we've been shirking our duties a little bit on talking about the Epic Game Store. Uh Uh-oh. I just want to know. I mean, we talked about, oh, this is interesting, and they're going to provide options for Steam, but we're a little worried about how they're going to do it. And now it definitely seems like maybe people are upset at them for how they've decided to go about doing it, which to me seems to be throwing tons of Fortnite money at people to put stuff on their store exclusively. Yep. That seems Uh, to be pretty fair. Sounds right. That seems to be their business model, which I think some people have qualified as maybe, I don't know if it's, I don't see it this way, but maybe it's bullying people into, the thing I've heard thrown around a lot is that it's anti-competitive. It's 100% I, that way, right? And my response to that is, hello, this is capitalism, and the people with the most money get to decide what happens. Yeah, if there's, if there's they accept that, that payment, there's nothing illegal about this. You can totally There's nothing do it. that requires you to take their money. Absolutely. I may not like that they're doing it, but it, it's not like illegal or wrong of them to do it. So... <laughs> It's weird in the PC space to be talking about exclusives. I mean, yeah, I think EA that's tried what it. I guess a lot of people. Uh, I mean, yeah, EA stuff doesn't generally come out anywhere else other than EA. So, or EA's launcher thing. Blizzard um, does think, it. Yep. Uh, I, I think people are annoyed by the fact that the PC is becoming multiple platforms when. There's only one box right here, you know, yeah. like it's not like I'm buying a, a separate box like my PlayStation over there or, you know, the Xbox or, you know, my set top Apple TV or whatever. Right. It's a, it's one computer. It's the same one. Yeah. Why is this getting fragmented like this? And, you know, I mean, the answer is money. Of course, the answer is always money, right? Yeah. I and, mean, you know, this stuff is a business. Um, uh like I said, we can disagree, or we can all agree that maybe it's not awesome that they're doing this. I've, uh, there have been many, or at least I've seen several developers say that like, hey, we took this deal from Epic because they're giving us a lot of money and it's going to allow us to keep making the games that we like. 
And then when their period of exclusivity runs out, we'll just put it everywhere. Y'all can play it then. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, if they're just kind of like enforcing mandatory waiting periods, you know, I can live with that. I'm, I'm not too, I'm not above buying a game a year later. I feel like we do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely oh, yeah. do that all the time. The whole point of this podcast at multiple points, right? Has just been like, JJ, you just played God of War. How many years old is that game? Uh, it came out in like early or mid 2018, I think. So yeah, about over and a year old, I think. You probably got a good deal on it is why you bought it. Yeah, it was 20 bucks. That's a pretty cheap price for a game that was 60 when it came out. Right. Yeah. What we're saying, friends, is a little bit of patience will save you a lot of money. And frustration on who cares where things are exclusive to if they're only exclusivity windows. I mean, people should be used to it, I guess, from, well, you can only play Mario games on Switch and that. It just uh, feels, I don't know, it, it, someone's it, arm wrestling their way into a space that has been maybe also anti-competitive before this, right? Steam was the only game in town. Now somebody else is there and they're playing with a different set of rules than Steam did, which was sell games cheap as best as possible. Yeah. And I think the, you know, to play devil's advocate here, the Epic, uh, I don't know who they are, the, the founders or whoever runs that store, Epic, the company, will argue that, well, because Steam is so monolithic and so had such control over the marketplace, we have to do these deals. Otherwise no one would look at us or whatever, pay attention to our store. And, uh, you know, maybe they're partially right. I don't know. I'm, you know, we can't speculate on what would have happened if they could have, should have, would have something else. Um, you know, we don't have to like it. Um, well, it certainly got them attention. Absolutely. And, you know, if you can say one thing, people know what the Epic game store is now. Yep. So that's a win, right? It was interesting that they didn't stick with the free games as the draw, but I think I understand it because I can't remember the last time I logged in to get one of the free games. You know, I mean, they're still doing the free games thing. Yeah. I think that's the that was the shocking thing. Yeah, it's uh, every two weeks. Yeah, I think they they roll out something new every two weeks. Well, it got my attention because they bought up the people that make Rocket League. Um, yeah, and they're putting Rocket yeah. League exclusively on Epic, Epic Games, and also removing loot boxes from it, which is odd for the company that's making money on loot boxes from Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite. Um, the, something we were both. Is... Oh, good. Oh no, go go for it. Go for it. I was I was going to say that one in particular is really interesting because Rocket League is still going to be accessible on PlayStation and Xbox, and uh, is it on Switch? It's probably on Switch. I don't know. I don't think consoles. So. Okay, uh, on consoles generally, and I think that game has crossplay across all the platforms now. But the thing that's changing is the PC platform, which is the one that was it was available on, like from the get go, and has been there the whole time. Yeah, hmm. and, and that's the one that's changing. That's so weird. You know, I think that's that it, to me is like the weirdest. Like, huh? Movie? How many people are playing Rocket League on PC? I guess maybe it's a lot. I don't know. Uh, so that's a weird one. And especially because it's transitioning off of the other store and on to this store. Seems like that's maybe a more permanent move. A lot of these other ones, they're like, oh, exclusive windows and stuff like that. It's a lot easier to parse there. Well, so something else that's not an exclusive window, uh, Magic is moving over there permanently. So they are, uh, they being Wizards of the Coast here, is releasing the Magic the Gathering Arena client on the Epic Game Store. Now, they have said that you will continue to be able to download it directly from them, as you have been low however long it is this thing has been out. <laughs> uh, uh, out of out of beta, whatever, a year or two years or however long it's been. It's probably only been a year. Um, so you still have the option there of not going through Epic. The client itself, once you have it, isn't going to require Epic logins or any, you know, send any of its data to and from Epic. Okay, good. You still all send it to Wizards, you know. Um, but it is just a way they, at least the announcement said that it's basically, Hey, this is a way to put our product in front of people who aren't really looking for this. Um, because they're, you know, browsing for other kinds of games. Hey, this is a game. Maybe they're interested in it. Um, so, okay, I guess, um, you know, I'm guessing there's some amount of money that changed hands there to do that, that you don't, I don't think you can just get stuff like this for free. So, um, okay. 
I think that you, I told this to, uh, to both of you earlier before the podcast, and I think Andrew's response was the correct one. That's all well and good, but shouldn't they put it on phones instead? And <laughs> yeah. 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 Is the answer to that. I, it's just really is that space, that card game space is made for, I just want to play a hand, you know? Yeah. But to what will I do when I have 700 tokens? of one one birds and i'm trying to yeah, attack with i don't see and, how they would ever do it i don't i, I also don't <laughs> I, I don't begrudge them for not launching with it i don't begrudge them if they told me next year hey we tried it it just doesn't work i just find it hard to sit down and be like all right a night of magic without playing my friends and guess what you still can't do in that game play your friends uh, uh, you can play your friends via direct challenge, but they don't have a like friend system and that kind of stuff, which they it, baffling to me how they don't have that. So like I can type in your username and hit like play. And if you have typed in my username and hit play, we could do that. But that's too much work. Why can't I just hit? click your name? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, uh, two franchises I love, Oddworld and MechWarrior also have announced Either Windows or exclusivity, do we know on those two? Um, I don't know. What is the Oddworld game? Oddworld, of course, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but the next Oddworld is... A new one, not a remake of an old one? Uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Okay, that sounds new. Uh, I, I, I guess you'll still be able to get it on other platforms, but the PC release will be Epic Games only. And that seems to be kind of how their thing has done. Like, if you're releasing on non-PC platforms, it's all do whatever you want over there, but Epic is buying your PC launcher exclusivity or something. Because yeah. it, it's, it, it makes the language really complicated to talk about, right? You're talking about, you're not talking about PC platform exclusivity because the PC platform is still a, P, a box that it's like the PC launcher. I don't know. It's very confusing. It is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it seems it seems to be following a trend though, because it's the same thing that is happening with television. Everybody's sort of splintering off into their own, you know, little space of these are the things that we have that you can't get anywhere else. That's uh, a really I good guess, point. Yeah, you're right. I mean the the trouble with that one too is and this is where you're going with the PC, I guess, a little bit, but if I know that I want to watch something Disney, I click the Disney app on my phone, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it, you're right. Apple is kind of stepping into the space that Amazon is also in and Netflix is also in of, I'll open this up and see what's there. And that seems to be the the framework of Steam and Epic and GOG who's completely outside this argument and shouldn't be right because they have carry all the same stuff in their big company too. Yeah. If I know I want to play a blizzard game, I go to battle net, but if I don't know what I really want to play, I'm probably open steam or Epic or, you know, GOG right. and see what I got. I think the reason that GOG has been, I don't know, it has always kind of been the little brother to the other marketplaces is that they still support that, DRM free, like no, um, what do you call it? Like no, um, like no DRM on their games. And while that's a like very laudable goal, I think a lot of publishers are like, we don't want to take part in this because of that. Yeah. I don't think that they're that far behind in terms of what they carry though, these days. Usually they get everything eventually, but like on day of release or whatever, it's not there. Okay. Well, I I feel like we all have a very uh economically focused rational argument for like, eh, I'm not sure that we like this, but A, there's nothing you could do and B, there's nothing you really should do. I don't know, do you buy into any of the like hyped up conspiracy theories about spyware or, you know, uh, I guess they mentioned China too and all these things that are kind of out there? 
I'm sure that they are gathering as much information about you and your computer and the games and stuff you have installed as they are able to. Steam, don't kid yourself, Steam is doing that too. Yeah, all I was going to say, how is that How is that any different from what anyone else... The, all that stuff is being done, you know, under your nose, on your phone, and everything else all sure. the time. Yeah. So, I, you know, hey, I bet your computer, if you're running Windows, is sending all kinds of telemetry data back to Microsoft, unless you explicitly disabled it. I disabled all that stuff, and I wish you could find a way to do it in some of these apps. I don't know if you can. I think you probably can't in some of them, which, you know, anyway, so, you know, there's that stuff happening all the time. So, you know, I think... A lot of what that kind of conspiracy stuff is, is just like people very clumsily figuring out how to do that stuff on the Epic Store so that they don't, you know, they don't make it obvious that what they're doing because the whole point is to like, you know, collect data, like give you free stuff because that's the <laughs> the model somehow is like data is worth money. Um, yeah, I don't get it because they all have the same data, you know? Right. So, so I, I, you know. I don't know. I don't think like the spyware stuff and the China stuff is like that big a deal. Hey, guess what? Like part of Epic is owned by Tencent. Tencent's a Chinese company. Tencent owns like 50 billion things. They have so, so, so much money and fingers and all these sorts of pies. People complaining about that. Why do any of them play League of Legends? <laughs> League of Legends is has a ton of money invested by Tencent. And like, you know, that game is still wildly popular and I don't think anyone accuses it of spying for China. So Yeah, Tencent makes a lot of movies too, you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Don't freak out, people. Also, I can't figure out if MechWarrior... MechWarrior is now scheduled for November release. This is MechWarrior 5, 5, right? I feel like I, I feel like I heard that Piranha Games took a deal with them, but I don't remember what it was or for how long. Yeah, I can't tell if it's uh Here we go. <sighs> Our ep partnership will allow us to do whatever. We got more money to make more game basically, right? Pre-order refunds are available. Yeah, I mean, it says, why is MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries an Epic Game Store exclusive? So, it is. It will be an Epic Store exclusive for a year. One year. Oh, where'd you find okay, that? Because I, I was parsing this document. MW5Mercs.com slash FAQ. Ah, I just hadn't clicked the FAQ yet. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Um, Yeah. It's a world of exclusivity. I mean, even Ninja is now exclusive, right? Right. Go to yeah. Microsoft. A lot of money changed hands there. Bought and, now bought and paid for. Streaming on Mixer. If you want to hand us money to stream on a different content platform, you can write us. <laughs> Podcast. com. We will gladly go to Mixer. We will sell out. You let us know. how. <laughs> what is the price? Everybody has theirs and ours is probably not that high. <laughs> Look, we're not talking ninja money. Maybe ninja money for all three of us put together. Or less. Less is probably fine. <laughs> less is probably fine. <laughs> just just pay off my house. How about that? Even less than that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're, we'll just keep working this down. I'll negotiate for you. <laughs> we're negotiating from a position of strength where we will give you whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So you want us to go to Mixer for free, huh? You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> Oh, that should be, I guess, the next thing, right? Like, people being mad at Twitch. I don't have that in me today after talking about Epic Games, but... I, d I don't think anyone was mad, or I didn't see a lot of people being mad. I don't mad. either. I heard he was mad about some stuff that Twitch did after he left, but... I don't know what you're supposed to do about that. Twitch had a webpage that was being hit relatively frequently, and no one was there to use it, so they put some you know, advertising for their own platform on it and some not great stuff showed up there. Ninja got mad about it. Um, okay. But like it, he didn't do it. It's not his fault. Yeah. Why are they mad at him? Like, why is anyone, why is he mad at all? Like I can, he doesn't want his brand associated with that stuff. I get it, but delete your Twitch page. He did. Well, it was like the, this is not here anymore. Right. Uh, -huh. and they replaced that. This is not here anymore with here are some other Twitch streams you might like. 
Oh. Which supposedly they have not done for anyone else. Interesting. So they they snapped up his URL, huh? Yep. He or it's the like, you know, it, yeah. Essentially the like the if you go to twitch.tv slash ninja or whatever it is, then it now shows you a bunch of other streams that you might want to watch instead of the ninja is no longer here oh. page. Hmm. I mean that's seems within their right. I guess He's worried about whatever shows up there. Yeah. Um, when some unsavory stuff showed up there, that was when it kind of got out that they were doing this. But uh, Maybe they should take unsavory stuff off of Twitch. Yes, that's the real oh. answer here, you know? <laughs> you might be asking for too much there. Yikes. Moder- moderation? Hmm. Moderation oh, no, would no, be no. a good idea. Oh, well. <sighs> like I said, I don't think I have it in me to talk about <laughs> That's so, another episode. Instead, let's do a component class. Ooh. Okay. Ready? No, it's you're not ready because you didn't know where this was coming. Pop, pop quiz. <laughs> it is a pop quiz. I need help. So this is a component class where you teach me some stuff, or at least I ask you some questions. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Keyboards. I know a lot about keyboards. We're going to do a component class about keyboards where we talk about switches and speeds and what they're for and uh, mechanical versus membrane, etc., etc., etc. But before we get there, like every other component class, we need to have a component for my upcoming computer in hand to talk about. And to get there, I need to ask what you guys use Because I'm getting a lot of answers from a lot of people about a lot of different things that they use. And some of them have surprised me. Like, hardcore gamers that play all the time using non-mechanical keyboards. And they don't don't care. Whatever. I like the way the membranes push. Or lighted versus unlighted. Macros, etc. So, I want to know, A, what you guys are using. We'll go through what I'm using. What you like, what you don't like. What you think a keyboard should have. And we need to build me a shopping list of things to look for as I go out and look for a possible replacement for this keyboard that I have in front of me. So I'll start real quick. Just kind of leave it off. I'm currently on a Steel Series keyboard with cherry black keys. Again, we'll do another component class once it's bought. We'll go through all the keys and stuff. But those are mechanical keys of a certain type. Linear resistance, right? Right. All the way. Mm-hmm. Um, non-lighted. With a number pad, no extra space or anything, just literally the exact space of a keyboard, no macros, no lighting, etc. That's what I'm on right now. I've had some problems, not with the keyboard. The keyboard functions perfectly. It will go in a drawer if I stop using it. Maybe well, I don't stop using it. Maybe we come to the point that, eh, you don't need something different, but we'll talk about that. Um... My keycaps break a lot. So whatever thing they used, I'm guessing not PBT, probably cheap ABS, uh, they crack under pressure. So I need to at least buy keycaps, but maybe I need to upgrade. I don't know. What are you guys on? Uh, go ahead, Michael. Um, so mine is a, uh, mine's a Razor um, Black Widow. Uh, it is all black, matte black, um, but it is backlit green, uh, and the keys glow green as well. Can you change um, that? I don't believe I can change the color, but I don't actually remember now. Huh. I'm just I like curious. it. I like the the brightness of the green, so I have left it there. Um, if I can change it. Uh, like yours, mine has the number pad. It's almost a standard size. It does have one column on the far left of um, five macro buttons. Um, but other than that, it is a standard size keyboard, mechanical, wired. Um, Do you remember the type of keys? Yeah. Are they mechanical? So it is mechanical, but you don't know what's in it. Razor Razor may have proprietary keys. Very possible. Uh okay, Michael, you can answer this here. We can we can do it. Uh when you press down on a key, 
does it stay the same pressure all the way down until it until it, it tightens? Lighter? Does it get lighter after just the first little bit? Uh, I believe it feels like it stays the same. Yeah. Okay, so then we're probably at either what amounts to a black type key or linear resistance key, linear resistance key, or maybe like a spring kind of one of those old IBM style buckling spring kind of things. Yeah. Um, Uh, Where are we? Here we go. Well, JJ, what do you have while he's looking? Well, uh, I have the finest in monoprice keyboard technology. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Monoprice makes a good mechanical keyboard. That they do, and that is this. Uh, It is a mechanical keyboard from Monoprice. It is not backlit at all. Uh, There are three buttons for, like, numlock, caps lock, and uh, scroll lock, I think, that have little lights on them, and otherwise no lights on the keyboard at all. No, you know, key lit, nothing. Sounds very Uh, much like my Steel Series. It's very minimalist. And it is... uh, Cherry black, so again linear resistance. Oh, just like me. Okay, cherry black. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, are to, even though there's a bunch of us talking about them on this podcast, pretty rare. I find. I feel like most people don't like them. No, a lot of people use blues and I was going to say blues and like browns and, and reds are the mm-hmm. ones I hear about people yeah. using the most. And we will talk about what all this means. When yeah, we do it for I, real. I I hate to do it like a different time, but I think but it's it, interesting to kind of like. Put people so the, in the deep end a little bit and do some 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 shopping for for what components are kind of interesting in a keyboard, and then we'll do the the breakdown of what it all means later. Yeah, no macro keys. Uh, it does have the numpad. Yeah, same. Yeah, I like a numpad. It is useful sometimes. Uh, it can be useful in a case where like you really want to hit enter or something while also using the mouse because it's right next to my mouse hand. I can just like. Have the mouse real close to the keyboard and boot the enter with my thumb you or something. You want to know something weird and nerdy? I liked it because when I was uh, playing Hearthstone, trying to in the in the good old days of laddering up when you really had to focus because you needed to know if you had lethal. I had my calculator open a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. to, to tally lethal. I never got good at the calculator, like, number pad stuff, um, but I do like having it there. I think okay. it's good for, like, numlock and stuff like that if you need that. So macros, uh, short explanation would be uh, you can create keybinds or, like, multiple keystrokes at the same time. Michael, you have them. Neither of us have them. JJ, have you ever found a game where you need them? Or Michael, have you found a game where you love having them? Um, I have never set mine in anything that I have played since okay. I've had this. <laughs> so, right. I know the application that generally they're used for, and the answer is MMOs. Yes. Right. And you, almost always that's the case where you hear someone has, oh, I have my, you know, some of my skills bound to this stuff, or like this one opens my bank tab, or this one is my hearthstone, that kind of stuff. Um, not too often do I find them useful outside of that, which is why I bought this keyboard. But you can also do stuff like, oh, I press this one and it opens Spotify or whatever. You know, you have it launch programs and stuff for you. Oh. Usually they're like, or at least some of the, the software is configurable to do that kind of stuff. Interesting. So yeah, you can find them outside of software. Right. So it doesn't have to be in a specific game to have a function. It could just be globally at the OS level. It's like adding a... um. What do they call those? The dedicated... uh, This is another thing that I'm asking if we need on a keyboard. Dedicated media keys. Yeah, I again, I don't have them, so I don't find it that useful. But if you're listening to music a bunch of the time, um, you know, having a way to plus and minus that would probably be pretty helpful. I just have a um, receiver for my speakers, and I just turn my sound up and down there, so... Yeah, mine, so mine is all done with, uh, there's a function key on the keyboard and it has, uh, it has audio controls, um, you know, play, fast forward, rewind, mute, volume up and down, bound to the F, some of the F keys. Yeah, yeah that's our mine are on the F keys too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's fairly common in, uh, on keyboards where you don't have separate buttons. 
Gotcha. Do any of you guys' keyboards have like other inputs? So like extra USB ports or headphones or microphones or any of that? No. Mine has so mine has all of those. Oh. Um, and I love I love having a USB port in the keyboard. What do you use it for? I use it for um my wired controller. Oh. And it's nice because my the tray that my keyboard sits on is wide enough that I can just sit the controller next to the keyboard and I run the just run the cord, the excess cord off the back of the tray. Okay. So when I pull the tray out, the controller's right there next to the keyboard and it's plugged in. Ready to roll. Yeah. As they say. Somebody says so, that. Nobody else other than me probably. Mine also has some of those. It's got a couple of USBs and a headphone jack and a microphone jack. Not like for the microphone that I use for this, so it wouldn't help. Um, also, my headphones are USB, so it also wouldn't help for that. But um, I don't use any of them. Uh, though I have my keyboard on my desk, and it kind of would just get more in the way. So I would think like maybe a mouse plugged into there, but the cables on mouses are so long. Mouse, I said yeah. mouses. That's not good. Yeah, if you <laughs> if you use a wired mouse, uh, which I I do, then I would find that that you're just again creating a bunch of clutter with the cable there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But you know, if you have a setup like Michael's or something where it's a tray and you can slide it away or whatever, that might be all right. So pass through. I have a wireless controller. Uh, so pass through. Maybe I don't need macros. It sounds like are if it's cheaper, don't worry about it. You're talking about playing WoW Classic, though. You might want them. Man, unless that they <laughs> announce, like, next month, I know multiple people, including myself, that will not play it and don't need macros, but would need macros and would play it if it was, like, four ninety nine. I think you're going to be disappointed. I'm not disappointed, get, because I know it's not going to happen. Get, yeah, you will never <laughs> get that. Yeah, I know. They're not, they don't want to undercut their other subs. Like... Um, good friend of the pod, Chris, has multiple times said he would lose three quarters of his guild to if they separated the subs because they would all go to classic and quit modern WoW. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, and, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Uh, did research determine what this is here? These keys. Yeah. So if you scroll down, I just sent you guys a link. If you scroll down on the link, they actually have a graph of force versus travel. Oh, we we're not doing this today. This is, part of this is the other one. I just want to know which one you have. Uh, which switch? I have the green. Okay. So okay. you have non-linear switches. Yes. Yeah, these, these are clicky ones. Yeah, I think the yellow are the only ones that are basically linear. Yeah, yeah. the yellow are the linear ones. This is the... Yeah. We got to get into all this later. We don't have time for this we, today. No, we don't. It is a thing... I will say about all this stuff, though, that a lot of it really does come down to feel. Yep. And yep. what you prefer, and there is no right answer. Oh, it's yep. all a preference. That's and 100%. That, people that have never tried mechanical keyboards are just like, this stuff is too complicated. I don't want to think about it. They're partially right. But also, like, when you get a good one that you like the feel of, it is very comfortable and really nice to play on. Or even just, like, type and do word processing and stuff. And I think I, that that makes a big difference for people who have to do that stuff a lot. So if you are into that, you should definitely check it out. I can't tell if I need to make a change only in so much as I need better keycaps and I like the feel of my black keyboard or if I need to switch to different keys. I'm I'm on the fence about it. So that's why where we're at. Um, we haven't talked about backlighting yet. Obviously, Michael, you love your backlighting. JJ, you find it unnecessary. I land somewhere in the it might be nice to have but i don't know that i need it thoughts eh. okay that's what i expected I, that's what we I, usually end the pot on <laughs> i i generally don't want a bunch of light coming up at me from the keyboard because you have the two giant monitors in front of you that are giving off a ton of light already i don't need like other light interfering with that yeah, but, that's that was what i was going to say is if that's the kind of thing that that bothers you definitely go with the unlit Okay. But again, that's also a preference thing, right? Like Michael likes it because he thinks it looks nice and his keyboard is maybe a bit away from and down from the monitor level. Um, some people similarly like to have fun, shiny lights in their computers and stuff, which I also don't like. 
So, you know, takes all kinds. And there are keyboards out there for everyone <laughs> of all, <laughs> all shapes, sizes, and key type preferences. The, yeah, a lot. And we didn't even talk about membrane. I think that we all like mechanical more than membrane, at least for... I love membrane on my laptop, right? Because they're very thin. Yes. They don't, they're not loud. Yeah. The, I think generally the membrane ones are typically the most quiet or generally are very quiet. And that's yeah. always good. Um, I don't know. What is, what else is on your guys? Is there anything else on your guys shopping list for a keyboard that I should be looking out for? Or have we kind of covered it? I, I just, I, I mainly I was wondering. Cord. Yeah, length of the cord. <laughs> oh, cord. Yeah, yeah. and your, wireless versus your, non-wireless for your right. application, JJ. With a standing desk, length of cord would be very important. Yes, it was. And actually, I had bought this keyboard before I got the standing desk, and I wasn't sure if it was going to make it because of how long, you know, because the keyboard sits in the middle of the desk and the computer's off to the side, and the hole for it is off to the side, so it has to run a ways and then down. Anyway, I measured it all and it worked. But like, I was concerned for a while because the it's not that long of a of a cable here. You know, some standing desks have like the thing you can attach your PC to, so it sticks underneath. Yes, my case is too big for those. I looked into those for quite a while, <laughs> trying, to, trying to find one that would work. Um, I All couldn't right. find one. All right. Well, I kind of got a feel. I think for where people stand, I appreciate yeah. it. And the uh, one thing that I mm, that I wish, mm, sorry, no, the one the one thing I really wish was that there's an easier way for people to try this stuff. Oh gosh, right? Like a Micro Center had like a keyboard station. Yeah. Did, people do they don't not have keyboards set up at Micro Center. I feel like I've been in there and and tried some of them out. Hmm. Well, I don't know what Micro Center is, but I don't know of many places near me that I could go to like play with mechanical keyboards. And you really do need to get a feel for it and there's an adjustment period. It takes a while to adjust to whatever your new one is. Before you're like hitting the key all hard when you don't need to be, or vice versa. Um, and so like it definitely is a thing where like we talk about it being preference, but how do you know if you like it or not? <laughs> you know, you have to get a chance to go out and try them. Maybe it should be uh, like shoes. You know, like it kind of is. You buy your Brooks and then you get ninety days, and if you don't like it, you can return it. Totally, man. I think yeah. that, and then you know, like the competitive gamers all have their very specific keyboard layouts and they like these ones and this is the type of keys and all that. It it can also be like a really customizable thing. I have a coworker who has a keyboard that is uh no numpad, no even like home enter, you know, delete and any of that stuff. The arrow keys are squished all the way up alongside the regular uh you know keys with next to like shift enter control and backspace on the side there. And there are no F keys, um, and it is just that home row, and that's it. And it has no lettering on any of the buttons. Ugh. Ooh. So it is just like this tiny black little thing that sits on his desk, and he loves it. No markings. Yeah, so none of the keys are labeled. I've oh. seen those, but not not for me. I don't remember which one is bracket and which one is plus and minus, so it wouldn't work for me at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, you know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. It is really the wide, wide world of whatever, and you don't need to just accept the random Dell or, you know, random keyboard that comes with your com your computer. Oh, a lot of people like those too, and you know, though we're not the market for telling people about those, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, look, at, you know, at your office or if you have a keyboard or computer at your office, then, you know, you're going to use what you get. If they give you a laptop, you're using that. It's not like you know, you're going to it might be advantageous for a lot of people that do a lot of typing at the office to look into a mechanical keyboard, though. Uh, my office provides them. If you can say, say that, like, hey, I'm, you know, they do an ergonomic thing, they will definitely get you one if you think you're going to get RSI or something. Because I do a lot of typing, and I find it valuable to have a mechanical keyboard. Yes. Beautiful. All right. If you have suggestions on things that people should buy in a mechanical keyboard or avoid or I don't know, anything that you think is important about PC keyboards, <laughs> don't don't email. It's just <laughs> I can't take it. No, podcast. We were gamers.com. JJ, where else? 
We are on Twitter and Instagram at We Were Gamers. Check us out on there. We're also on Facebook.com slash We Were Gamers. And uh, YouTube, we have all these podcasts plus uh, all the various subspace transmissions and other special episodes that have gone up over time on YouTube.com. So check that out. Search for We Were Gamers. Give us a follow on there. We would appreciate it. There was a the 10th episode of subspace transmissions went up last Friday. It's brand new. Uh, it's about Star it's Trek a- Discovery. It's a good one. Yes. The, the gun's on the table. It has to be used by the third act, JJ. Yeah, man. Chekhov's <laughs> injector. <laughs> <laughs>